0: In terms of like multiplying and um, talking about how we're going to increase our our wealth and and everything that you're talking about there, Caleb. The big thing for me right now, and and it's funny because I had a conversation about this this morning when someone was like, "Hey, should we go to the UK for our tax?" And I kind of said, "Well, you know what? I don't even worry that much about tax right now. I'm just investing in myself because I know, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I might save 10% tax, but if I invest in my business, I'm going to get myself to a million dollars, which is way more than I'll ever save in tax on 100k a year. So for me right now now it's all about investing in our team we've got you know this amazing front end product which we're blowing people away with with the value and you know at the end of this we're probably going to have 10 people who've made four, five, six thousand 6000 dollars from their podcast in the first couple of um, months of them launching it hmm. but what we what we're going to do is we're going to use that as a foundation start point and then we're going to help people to you know continue to grow their podcast we're going to throw events and so i'm right now really investing in my team the back end infrastructure but also on Getting everything set up so that we can run as fast as possible to help as many different people as
1: possible. This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, in this episode, I sit down with Jamie, the podcast junkie and the founder of the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. Uh, man, this was such a cool episode because I didn't know Jamie for that long. He actually invited me to come on his show and in just, interv- in just being interviewed, and I've been interviewed by quite a few people, like I've never felt so understood and listened to in my life. And, and like, after hearing Jamie's story, it's like, okay, you travel, You have a successful business wait you only started like four months ago and and you're like traveling and you have all these travel hacks and you're living like your dreams and and like what and and you have like the most cool accent ever i i want to have you on my show and not just talk to you about wealth and get your thoughts on that and not just talk to you about travel and if those of you that know me and you hear this in the episode like I struggle to vacation it's definitely something that I struggle with but like Jamie got vulnerable with us he like got vulnerable with what caused him to actually leave his corporate job and live his dreams and and it was just really really fun to unpack this will not be the last time he's on the show because he brought so much value and I'm just so excited that he can be part of our community and so without further ado here's the one and only Jamie Akin and Jamie the podcast junkie welcome to the show my man <laughs> oh, Caleb what's up man I'm so excited
0: to be on the show with you today um, it wasn't so long ago that I had you on my podcast but what's interesting is we're so backed up with interviews your podcast might come out before my one so that's interesting that, huh? that, that's be- crazy
1: one of the one of the things that I'm just so impressed by is the the value of relationships and getting on your show and, and not only like what did I fall in love with your voice like I literally am going To listen to this podcast over and over, just because I love the accent, Uh, but just how sincere, (laughs) so much, (laughs) how sincere you are, and like I, I don't know, like I want to listen to your podcast just to learn how to better interview. So I just want you to know that I was super grateful for uh, just being on your show, but just what I learned by just being interviewed by you. Dude, well, thank you so much. And it was a pleasure to have you on
0: the show. You brought the fire and I am hoping today that we're gonna do the same on this interview. You know, I'm gonna try
1: and provide as much value as I can. 100%, man. So the, my audience is is really based around these people that believe that they are their number one asset. It's funny, from a, from a financial perspective as a quote unquote financial advisor, I believe the number one investment you can make is in yourself and your message and you have a lot of clarity around your why. What I love about what you're doing is is you are literally living a millionaire lifestyle, like you. And I can't wait for you to unpack like your why <laughs> and your what you're actually doing. But you're literally are are savvy, and you're like impacting so many people. And like, if you're a podcaster, or if you're thinking about doing the podcast, this is the episode that you must listen to uh, and take notes uh, because Jamie is just like he's going to change the way that you think about some things about your life. But I'm just really curious because of as a financial guy. You're gonna have a. You're gonna bring a different perspective that um, we haven't had on the show yet.
0: Yeah, Caleb, it's funny, man. Um, we, we <laughs> me and my girlfriend, my girlfriend's American, I'm English. So we kind of have to travel full time. And for anybody listening, you know, we we basically are living this millionaire lifestyle where we travel to, you know, countries all over the world. We're, you know, <laughs> living, you know, in these amazing villas and and staying on beaches and, and doing these amazing things, but really for like a fraction of the cost of of what you would expect to pay. And, um, you know, later on in the episode, I can unpack a little bit about how that works. But it's funny because, you know, I was speaking, speaking to my girlfriend about a year ago and we were sat in bed one day and she's like, oh, you know, I really just want to be like super wealthy. And I said to her, well, you know, what would you do if you, uh, if you won the lottery tomorrow and you retire? And she's like, oh, I would, you know, go and travel and do all these amazing things. I'm like, all right, tick, we do that. I eat out every single day and have any meal that I wanted. I'm like, all right, tick, check. We do that too. And then she's like, oh, and I would just be able to, you know, go and pursue my passion and do whatever it is that I wanted. I'm like, all right, well, we do all three of those things now and we haven't won the lottery. So we really are living that millionaire lifestyle. So, you know, it's so funny. And we, I feel, you know, super, super grateful to be in this position.
1: Yeah, you, One thing that we do at, at Better Wealth is we help people get clarity on what they actually want. And which what's shocking is so many people want to be a quote unquote millionaire, but they actually don't, they don't even have the clarity to know like what you guys just laid out of like, okay, if you were a millionaire, if you won the lottery, what would you do? And so, yeah, I'm definitely jotting down. I want to get the travel Secrets, just I mean, I'm sure you guys, your what you guys spend per month is insanely low. If you, it it, it sounds like you guys know what you're doing. So, but anyways, for my audience, give kind of the origin story, man. Like, like how are you traveling? You run a very successful podcast. You teach other people. Like, how did
0: that all begin? You know, it's kind of crazy because, because my background, Caleb, is you know I grew up in a family of restaurateurs. My dad always created restaurants when when we were younger, and um, and we really grew up with this like really strong work. Ethic. So, you know, I didn't go to college or university or anything like that. Pretty much when I was 16, I left school and I wanted to get a job straight away. And I went and I worked in, in this computer store and it was amazing. You know, I was, I was earning £5.50 an hour, which is like six bucks an hour. And I was doing everything from the sales to the marketing to, you know, creating all of these amazing ideas around these computers. And, um, And I absolutely loved it. And then, you know, one day I ended up having to move out when I was 17 and I had to get a real job because I couldn't afford to, you know, pay the bills on like 700 bucks a month, which is what I was earning at that time. So, you know, at 19, um, I got my first kind of proper uh, sales job, which was for a furniture company. And pretty quickly, you know, I I kind of ascended through the ranks and it was kind of funny because furniture sales is pretty much an old man's game. Like everybody who is known to be successful in furniture, at least in the UK, would have been. you know, 30 or in the 40s, because that's a person that you would trust to make an informed choice about, you know, furniture and moving out in a house. And pretty quickly, you know, we we came through these ranks and I got kind of pinned for management in the early days. And for the next five to six years, Caleb, I was just like hardcore, gung-ho, career junkie, like give me 17 hoops in a row and I'll jump through every one of them trying to chase that carrot. And it was kind of like that for a long, long time. And, um, you know, four or five years into my career, of this kind of sales job. I was, you know, working out of this um, store that was about three hours away from where I lived. And and my boss would always say things like, oh, this person is going on holiday. We haven't got anybody to cover. I need you to go down to that store and go and over deliver and and do this amazing work. And when I would do this, Caleb, like, it was like, I would go there, you know, my social life would be destroyed. I would, you know, be working seven days a week, just hustling to try and get that kind of promotion to where I wanted to get to. And, you know, it was really tough because, you know, you know, on the outside i was saying to everybody hey look you know i'm going to be the successful manager you know i'm going to be the youngest manager in the company that's done xyz but you know mm-hmm. internally i i wasn't really happy you know i was on my days off i was going out and drinking and partying and all manner of these kind of crazy things on this kind of like self-destruction path but at the time i couldn't really see that and i couldn't see the wood through the trees mm-hmm. and i remember i was sat there one day in in this store in oxford um and i was sat on my computer desk desk. I've been working nonstop for three weeks. I banked a load of holiday at this point. And pretty much what usually happened was I just handed over my holidays that I hadn't taken and rolled straight into the next month. Wow. And I sat there at this desk and I thought, you know what? I I need to get away. And in the space of about 10 days, I decided I wanted to go on holiday. I booked a flight to go to Berlin. I went to Berlin. I spent a kind of a day there. I then went and got a train up to Prague and went there for three days. In the meantime, the guy that I'd met in Berlin at a hostel was like, Hey Jamie, by the way, it's Oktoberfest. You should come down to Oktoberfest and check it out. Rerouted and get a train down to uh, Munich in Oktoberfest instead. And then ended up having this amazing, like insane experience. My first ever solo trip into this sort of four, five, six, seven day period, and then ended back up. And within 10 days, I was back in that same seat again, when I decided I was going to do it, and was kind of blown away and had this amazing trip. And what was kind of funny is, you know, one of my colleagues that I worked with, she came up to me as we were kind of talking about all this crazy stuff that had just happened. And she Mm. said, Wow, Jamie, that sounds amazing. I bet you can't wait until next year when you can do that again. And this light bulb like went off in my head. And I was like, man, I I don't want to have to wait another year until I can do this again. And, you know, at that moment, it sparked this idea in my mind of – well, I wonder if I could, you know, travel and work at the same time. And I literally Googled him and I typed in, you know, how to travel and work. And I found this guy's blog. And it was one of those blogs with like 17 ways you can make money online. And that was the start of it, man. And and I, you know, figured out how to create a blog and that's where it all kind of started. And how old were you at this point? So at that point I
1: was 20, I was 26, uh, sorry, 25 at that point. You had this this realization, like, okay, so you went, traveled, and you got back, and you're like, okay, wow, like, this is, like, why would I want to wait a whole nother year to do this again? You started, you went on to Google, and bam, like, you started this blog. What was the blog on? Oh, the blog was, it was called Let's Get Jobless, and it was all about me <laughs> kind of
0: documenting my journey on how I was going to leave my job and, and make money online. You know, it's kind of funny because, you know, I, I meet so many people now while we travel around the world that are like, oh, I've wanted to travel since I was 16. And, you know, I've dreamed of it my whole life. And really, really for me, it was never really a big thing that I wanted to do. For me, it was always like, no, I want to go out and I want to make a business. And for as long as I can remember, I was like, no, I want to create my own business. That's what I want to do. So it kind of came as a surprise to me that this travel thing kind of crept up. But um, to be honest, Caleb, you know, that was where it first started. But, you know, about, you know, a couple of months after that, you know, I was doing the blog and things were going well but it kind of you know the initial incitement kind of tailed off mm-hmm. and you know before I knew it I'd been grabbed again by another you know promotion opportunity and I was right back in the rat race and um, oh wow. and and it kind of you know carried back in and it wasn't until probably nine months after that when this kind of really big uh, kind of seismic event happened which shook me to my core that I then decided nah I got to make this a go so i got back into the work cycle I was like all right now I'm going to continue thing with my career. And I'd just taken this brand new promotion to a brand new store. And um, and this store, you know, it, it wasn't brand new, sorry. It'd been there about 20 years. And it was pretty much known as the, the store that had the most problems, but the most potential in the company. You know, it was mm-hmm. right in a city in Birmingham. They had like 20 sales staff. You know, there was about 14 languages that were spoken in this store alone. Really, really very diverse culture. And everybody that had ever gone there had failed at making it super successful. So I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go in. I'm going to... I'm going to knock it at the park. And this was going to be my shot. You know, this was going to be my chance to kind of go there. So I take the promotion and two weeks in, uh, I'm about to leave on, on a holiday and I get a phone call um, from my dad. And, you know, there's a little bit of kind of kind of this awkward kind of silence on the phone. And I was in this office and the, I could hear like the fan humming over my head and I could just sense there was something in me that knew that something was wrong. And hmm. I said, you know, what's what's wrong? What's going on? And my dad says, Jamie, your sister has got cancer. Oh, no. And it just like rocked me to my core. I was like, what? My sister was like four years older than me. She was 29 at the time. And it was so unexpected. And, you know, I was then, you know, the next day I was going away on on a trip away for a week. So I went away on this trip, you know, I was speaking to them on the phone and about a month goes by where I'm just trying to like figure out through it. And I haven't really told anybody at work. Um, My family's kind of falling apart around us. You know, everybody's kind of upset. And I'm just trying to hold everybody up. And Mm -hmm. my work performance is suffering. Like crazy. Like, I can't even speak to customers on the shop floor. So, you know, I take my boss to the side, you know, I sit him down and I tell him and I say, hey, look, this is the situation. She's not well. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on right now. Um, I Obviously, you can tell there's something wrong. I really just need to go back to my old store where my support network is. All the people there and my team love me. They can, you know, help me get through this tricky time. And then maybe in the future when I'm in the right state of mind, we can look at doing something like this again. You know, I, I remember it to this day and, and, and it still gets me a little upset even though it's, it's led me to where I am now. You know, pretty much in no uncertain terms, the guy sits me down and he says... Jamie, you've got two choices. You can either take this job that we've given you, or if you want to go back to that store, you'll go back as a salesman and you'll never be a manager in this company again.
1: Oh, wow. And
0: in that moment, I just, it just clicked in my head. I was like, you know, I didn't even pause. I just said, all right, no problem. I'll take the sales job and I'll be gone in a couple months. And I just knew that they were just oh. a corporation. Like these people didn't care about me. They weren't going to look after me. Even after all of these years of jumping through every hoop, you know, rerouting yeah. my life, I, I went and I uh, moved stores. I like moved, to a new city to, you know, try and get this promotion completely uprooted my life. And they just threw it all away. And that was scary because, you know at that point, I I just thrown away seven years of my career prospects that I've been working towards and, you know, on this kind of whim, but I just knew that it wasn't right. And, you know, I spoke to my family and and just so you know, Caleb and everybody who's listening knows my sister is now okay. She had um, her her kidney removed, you know, and that was where the cancer was and she's totally okay now, completely in recession, which is perfect. Um, But that at the time, we didn't know that. And, um, and I just ended up going through these motions of like, I got to make this blog thing work. And, you know, I, luckily I came across a, product called the paradise pack. I threw myself Mm -hmm. into this and pretty much two months later, you know, it was September, 2017. You know, I gave the keys back to the, you know, the office. I was like, right, I'm out of here. I sold everything. I owned my car, my, Mm -hmm. you know, I moved out my apartment, I sold all my furniture and I packed my life up into this 40 liter backpack and I was
1: gone. That was it, you know, and, and I haven't looked back since then. Wow. Well, it's kind of crazy that, that like circumstance is the reason why you're doing what you're doing. And yet I'm saddened as well as I hear that because it's like you gave your blood, sweat and tears to an organization. You moved and how easy it is to kind of feel just like a number. Yeah. And I think what's good about that, Caleb, is I'm kind of grateful because I feel
0: like I kind of deploy a little bit of empathy, you know, that guy Mm -hmm. who was in that position, you know probably had a lot of pressure you know high paid career um, he'd been doing it a long time, like maybe you know in retrospect, it was maybe the wrong decision, but it pushed me to be where I am now, doing right. what I really want to do, running a business you know all of this stuff i 'm way more connected with my family, I have time, freedom, traveling the world and it 's the best thing that could have ever happened to me and if there hadn 't been that seismic event, I probably would have just carried on and I probably right. wouldn't. There now, so I'm super grateful that that kind of happened. It did open up my eyes to, oh my god, you know these. The there is definitely more than just work to life than just working in a career. You know,
1: paying for somebody else's Mercedes. You know what I mean? Right, right. I have a couple questions for you. Number one, I'm one of those entrepreneurs that d- don't enjoy traveling. Uh, I was literally in Prague three weeks ago and I all I could think of and this is not I'm like literally need help that's why I'm like bringing this up is like like didn't like being there not because it wasn't a beautiful place it's just like my mind was going back to work so like number one how did you go from like being this super uh motivated person that wants to climb the corporate ladder to like knowing that this is a good idea and then do you ever like have freak out moments to be like what am I doing? Like, am I like, is that a issue or like, are you oh, like, dude, I, all the time? All the okay. time. And
0: <laughs> pretty much like for my show. And, and, you know, cause you were on it is that I'm um, with the entrepreneur junkie movement. It's all about the real stories of entrepreneurship. I think everybody thinks that, you know, mm-hmm. somebody might look at my Instagram and they might look at my life and be like, Oh, that guy's killing it. He's having great fun. Like, you know, we still have ups and downs pretty much on a daily basis. And I would even, I would even suggest that entrepreneurship is more down than up sometimes, but it's high highs and low lows. But when you do have the highs, they're some of the best highs that you ever have. But, Mm -hmm. you know, a very real kind of problem for me, Caleb, was that when I first started traveling, I was like party lifestyle, right? It was like, go out and do this and experience and see all these places. And, you know, very quickly, like three months in, I was like, oh, crap, I got to get my shit together and actually like build a business (laughs) because otherwise I was going to spend all of my savings and like back where I was coming from. And, you know, that was not something that I wanted to do. So one thing that I had to learn very early on, Caleb, and and this kind of ties back to your question about how do you, you know, leave work at home, is that because I was surrounded in this. Environment where there was so much distraction, so much beautiful stuff, you know, so many situations where I could have could have gone to the bar, could have gone and done this, kind of to get very, very disciplined with the time that I spent on my business. And mm-hmm. you know, the big thing for me was setting a lot of non-negotiable time. It was setting time where I'm like, okay, this is where I'm going to work on this thing. This is where I'm going to work on something else. But actually, 24 seven, constantly working on my business, and I never took a moment to stop and pause and enjoy and yep. remember the reason why. I got started in business in the first, place. and I'm sure right. you're the same as this. You know, we're lucky in our positions right now in that our job isn't just a job; it's our right. like we're right. helping entrepreneurs, we're helping business owners, and it's really something that we we truly love. So it's very difficult for me to turn off from that because you know, if somebody reaches right. out for help and I can help them, you don't want to do that. But certainly, and and this is only very recent that we started to focus on this. You know, very recently we've now started to start taking weekends off. Um, We, you know, have a set time where we'll try, you know, me and my girlfriend will go on dates and, you know, not get distracted by work. But when you're in launch mode and you're launching a product or you're in those moments, it's very difficult to step back and to have those moments where you're saying, no, I'm going to enjoy. And all I can suggest, if that's the position you're in, is, you you know, you've already got an amazing team around you, but Mm -hmm. it's just about, you know, trust. You know, if you've got an amazing team there, give yourself permission to, and maybe don't start with, you know, a two week trip to Prague is the first time you give the reins over, but just try, you know, maybe one day saying, all right, guys, well, I'm going to test this out because I want to test the systems on Friday. I'm going to go completely dark, but I want you guys to be more productive than if I was here leading the charge and, you know, try and do those kind of challenges, give your team the opportunity to take that step up because I'm, I would be willing to put good money, Caleb, that the people that you have in your team are absolute superstar rock stars, absolutely innovate and do these things on themselves and it's hard as a leader because i have a lot of control issues like so the big thing for me is that if you're in this kind of leadership position um it's definitely fun to kind of test giving people a little bit more freedom and that way, you can, if you need to, and and this is also good for a disaster pre- prevention um, uh, approach. If something terrible does happen, you have the flexibility then to step away from the business, right. and you know things still operate like normal. You know.
1: Well, and here's the cool the cool thing is number one is my team's so amazing. I think we would do better if I would leave for. Uh, so that's that's the first thing. And then the second thing is we literally you're living testimony to this. Is like you can go anywhere and cell phone, you can do most most everything. And 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 number three, I think. I think it's just one of those things where when you start something and you go through the blood, sweat and tears of actually like getting it off the ground, it's just that like I, I genuinely do enjoy it. And, and I think part of it, part of the honest conversations I need to have with myself, it's like, okay, what, what are the deeper issues? It's not money. It's not like it, it's, it's there's something deeper there that I like got to figure out. And, and I do enjoy traveling. I just have a hard time checking out. So it's, it's yeah. definitely something that we can, you know, further the conversation up hundred percent and you know and just to be transparent Caleb, because you know I, I'm I'm
0: quite open with with my audience and I'll be open with your audience as well you know a lot of the a lot of the drive that comes from me comes from me wanting to prove myself and, and that actually comes yeah. from you know my relationship with my dad from years ago in that you know he would always want me to do better do better do better and you know I'm not really motivated by money uh, you know I'm motivated by being seen as somebody who's successful um, you know and that's actually an issue that, that I have that I'm trying to work on and improve over time you know not to care so much about what other people think but that's a big thing for me that drives me forward so i kind of use it as rocket fuel but also for my own sanity it's something that i'm trying to work on to make sure that i'm you know not pushing
1: myself too far out my own comfort zone you know 100 percent. okay so one of the questions i love asking uh, clients but i also ask people on this podcast is how do you define financial success
0: you know, for me, and this is interesting, Caleb, because my definition of financial success might be different to others. For me, financial success means you're bringing in more than you're spending. For me, as long as you can live a comfortable lifestyle. I would be super happy. So, you know, if all I needed to do was just make enough money so that we could comfortably, you know, live where we wanted and travel where we wanted, I would be super happy. The money mm-hmm. isn't a big thing for me, but yep. as you know, Caleb, the thing that drives us is that we want to help. And that's a really a big driver behind why I want to be so successful. But one thing that we've really figured out and, and, you know, you touched on it when we first started this interview was that we've really figured out how you can maximize keeping your costs super low while traveling. Like for example, Caleb and, uh, next week we're going to South Korea and we're living in Seoul in this beautiful apartment, um, which is one of the most expensive cities in you know, Asia to live in. And we're living rent three for three months. What? Right. How did you pull that off? So, well, we, we know uh, a couple of things about how you can travel and reduce down the cost. So we do something called house sitting. So me and my, me and my partner, we love dogs. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. miss having the dog at home. And um, one thing we do is we do what we call house sitting. So we go and we'll look after somebody else's house while they go off and do their trip and travel. They usually have pets at home that they need looking after. So the exchange is we'll go and look after your house and your pets, and then we'll live rent free in your home for the same time. But what's really kind of crazy about this, Caleb, is that most people who want you to go and look after their homes typically are pretty wealthy people and have beautiful homes. Like we lived in this amazing villa in Cyprus, which was right next door to the President's Weekend House. Beautiful, Mm. beautiful place with like four dogs there and we had an amazing time for a whole month so what we try and do when we travel is try and maximize our kind of effectiveness one so that we can live in these beautiful places and two because we can we love that because we get to spend the time with dogs but also at the same time we're being kind of you know financially savvy and to try and reduce our costs because you know the big thing a lot of people say is you know they want to live these kind of glamorous lifestyles but if you go to a lot of these foreign countries you can live this amazing lifestyle for a fraction of the cost of what it would cost to say, live in LA, for example.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you kind of gave a teaser here, but there's three kind of things that we focus on is we want to, we want to make it make money. We want to keep it and then we want to multiply it how when you look at your life and your business where's your mindset mostly focused on and can you walk through in those categories like how you're doing so for instance you're launching courses you're you're doing you know things has that been successful where, where where have you like been like successful and where are like our are areas that you can improve
0: yeah so the the really big thing that we've just recently done and and I'm super open with this Caleb like we came into the podcasting space about three months ago um, first time I ever launched a podcast and and within, you know, a couple of months, we had a ton of success. But, you know, one of my mentors came to me and said, Jamie, you know, I was, you know, flailing around in my business trying to do six or seven different things. And he said, Jamie, you're a rock star with podcasts, like you should go mm-hmm. and help people, you know, monetize. And he didn't say monetize, but he said, you should help people with their podcasts. And, you know, I looked at my background in sales, and I was like, okay, maybe I can help people understand how they can use a podcast to make a lot of money, build amazing connections, and, you know, get their voice out into the world. And, you know, it's been It's been actually amazing. You know, we launched our our product like three months, uh, uh, three weeks ago, sold out the the podcast beta course that we were doing. And and I've had a ton of people since who are like, Hey, I want to get in. I want to get in. Mm And you know, in terms of like multiplying and um, talking about how we're going to increase our our wealth and and everything that you're talking about there, Caleb. The big thing for me right now, and and it's funny because I had a conversation about this this morning when someone was like, "Hey, should we go to the UK for our tax?" And I kind of said, "Well, you know what? I don't even worry that much about tax right now. I'm just investing in myself because I know, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I might save 10% tax, but if I invest in my business, I'm going to get myself to a million dollars, which is way more than I'll ever save in tax on 100k a year. So for for me right now, it's all about investing in our team. We've got, you know, this amazing front end product, which we're blowing people away with, with the value. And, you know, at the end of this, we're probably going to have 10 people who've made four, five, six thousand $6,000 from their podcast in the first couple of um, months of them launching it. Mm. But what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to use that as a foundation start point, And then we're going to help people to, you know, continue to grow their podcast. We're going to throw events. And so I'm right now really investing in my team, the back end infrastructure, but also, on getting everything set up so that we can run as fast as possible to help as many different people as possible. So right now it's all about investment. You know, I'm, I'm part of um, a a really expensive coaching program, which I definitely couldn't afford when I signed up, but now we're making a lot more money because of it, you know, and that was Russell Brunson's, um, two comma club X coaching program, which is $30,000 a year. The the most money I've ever spent on, on anything before, you know? And so that was $2,500 a month. And that really forced me to get my butt into gear because (laughs) if I, didn't, I was going to lose all my money. And, and that really pushed me to make these changes in my business. So for me right now, it's all about investing in myself, you know, coaching and surrounding myself with amazing people. By the way, a podcast is an amazing way to do, you know, me mm-hmm. and you are building this amazing um, relationship and, and friendship. And, and those connections can help you so much, not even in a business sense, because it might be Caleb that we never end up doing business together, but just surrounding yourself with other people who are like you, who are doing amazing things with their businesses. You you know, you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most right. time with. That in itself is like hugely valuable.
1: You know, one of the things that my mindset goes is I'm going to talk Jamie into doing a travel hacks course uh, or portion for my, my whole blueprint, because I, I just think, like, think <laughs> about this. If, if we got really clear on what people want, a lot of them will say travel. And so there's a couple ways to do this. You, you talk about investing back in yourself and making more money. The reason I didn't move to Puerto Rico is I can make more money where I'm at now. Like I'm going to take it year by year, but I can make more money and have a greater impact where I'm at now than going somewhere, saving money, but you're almost like shrinking your ability to create. And so I love that you touched on that. And then the second area is like keeping money. And one of the things that you guys are uh, like, you just, you just admitted to like, you were frugal with your money or in certain areas. Like, by the way, some people think you're absolutely crazy for spending 30 K on coaching. I don't think you're crazy, but like, that's it's a priority deal you're because you're keeping money in other areas like your dog sitting hacks and and that you're able to invest in things that are going to have the ability to 10x the rate yeah. of return on that is going to be huge so what are some of the top areas that you're using to save money while you travel
0: so it's absolutely um for us saving money while traveling is um food um, if you can cook and make your own food at home, like you end up like saving a whole lot of money. Um, but also in some areas that we travel to, we go there because it's cheap to eat out. So for example, when we were living in Thailand, you know, you can go out and you can eat for a dollar to $2 a meal. And mm. whereas in the UK and the US, we're spending easily, you know, five, six, sometimes $700 a month on food. In yeah. in Thailand, our cost of living and the cost of food and everything else for both me and my girlfriend together is like 400 bucks. Wow. So, you know, and, and you still need to, you know, do other stuff. You need to go out and do things and, you you know, you pay for tickets. But overall, we probably live in Thailand for about $1,000 a month. Whereas when we're in Philadelphia, it's like $2,500 to $3,000 $2, $3, a month just to stay still. Um, yeah. Even better when we find these amazing houses, you know. So the big thing for us where we're kind of saving money is um, going to places which are low cost of living, Uh, And especially for things like food, because me and Gina love to eat amazing food, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it can get expensive in the wrong city. Um, and and also you know we're doing the um the house sitting which i told you about that's a big place that we're kind of saving money yeah i think those are probably the main areas and and we save a lot of money on airfare as well you know gina has a lot of travel points so um, anything that we spend is on a on a travel card um, where we get points back and we can redeem that against air miles so you know in my business um we we actually can do these hacks sometimes as well i have a business card where if i ever need to spend money for clients on ads or anything like that we run it through that card because then we can get the the travel points at the same time and that's a yep. business card so it's okay to do but we're kind of leveraging all of these different things where it's like okay our lifestyle is travel so how do we save money on that and because we do events all around the world this is really cool as well caleb like if we're going to throw an event in bali then it's really easy for us for it to then go and um you know it's a business thing right you go and pay yep. for Event there, and you know, you can do the flights there. My girlfriend works with me on the event, we can fly out our team, and it becomes kind of very, um, kind of cost effective while we're also mm. living the lifestyle that we want.
1: I, I love it. And one of my this is my nerdy brain. Where do you file in? Is it in the UK or is it US? We, yeah, we file in the UK. Okay. Okay. Very cool. See, so yeah, I, I could, I could spend an hour just asking you questions about how that uh, that's the differences there. What's the biggest difference between the UK and, I would and very, the U S yeah, I would very quickly get out of my depth cause I just pay a dude to do all that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, I, I think the biggest thing between the UK and the U S is I, I think the, the way that we run our taxes right now. And, and I don't know too much about the US's system, but you know, for us um, Gina has, because she lives abroad, she has this huge like tax break, because she do she's only in the U.S. for a certain amount day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but for us, you know, we just have a base salary, and then we get paid a dividend every year, which we pay. I think it's about um, overall, we pay about twenty or thirty percent on the tax, but we keep most of the money in the business, um, and yep. that's the way that we run it. And, and we put all of our, you know, expenses that are legitimate through the business, and, and that's the way where we run, at, you know, most of the things that we do.
1: I I love it, man. I love it. Okay, so what's one piece of like advice you'd give someone or give yourself if you had to restart the business? So like. You're, you're starting back out at, you know, 25, uh, 26 years old. What's one piece of advice, knowing what you know now that you would tell yourself before you kind of Started this whole deal.
0: Well, the biggest thing that's really made an impact, and, and it only happened, you know, two three months ago when I started to go to um, when I went to the Funnel Hacking Live event, was publishing. Man, like publishing mm. is so so powerful. And you know, even though our business for a podcast focuses on helping people to kind of monetize their show, because I, I think the big challenge with a podcast is that it does cost a lot to run a podcast. You know, if you want to mm. create a show and you want to put out all the content, unless you're editing it all yourself, which is very time consuming, you need to pay a team. So if you can't mm. monetize a show for like. 12 months, and it's costing you, you know, a thousand or two thousand bucks a month to run it. It's a pretty big expense that most people won't be able to swallow. So, what happens is they end up delaying and putting off actually creating a show. Me, what we're doing is we're helping people to actually create income in their podcast straight away so that they don't have any excuses. They can go and put out that content because when you put out long term content, it is so valuable for your business. So, what we're trying to do is take away that kind of barrier to entry. We're trying to make it really easy. But if I could go. Back and start it all again. The immediate thing I would start doing is just publishing and documenting everything. You know, mm. na- right now we're up to um, about five episodes a week that we're putting out now, Caleb, and we'll probably increase the output even more over the next year. But if you oh. look at everybody that's dominating a category, you know, it's all they're flooding the space with content, and that's how they become a the category king is because mm. they are just everywhere, whether it's Facebook ads or content. Or look at Gary V, what Gary V is doing, yep. like he is just dominating the space with content, so he's everywhere, and everybody. Everybody knows about him now. His is a little bit of a different tactic because he's not really selling anything; he's just going for like pure reach. But then you look at somebody else like Russell Brunson in ClickFunnels. You know, they're doing a similar approach where they're putting out content, 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 content. But they are still selling on the back end. So if you can start to really document your process, as much as it's a great business tactic, it's actually a great thing for you as personal growth as well. You know, the right. people that I meet, the things that I learn, my speaking ability. Um, you know. Uh, understanding about where I'm at because I'm talking out mm-hmm. loud. It's like a, it's like a virtual, you know, it's like an out loud diary where I'm talking through, yeah. documenting my challenges. It's really really helpful, you know. And I've got massive amounts of momentum from yep. since I've started publishing just a couple of months ago. And even if you listen back, you know, if you listen back to me speaking on a microphone three months ago to what I'm like now, Caleb, the transformation is insane. And you know, you can only imagine what that's going to be in a year or two oh, or yeah. three years time. So you know, for me, there's, there's just so many benefits to publishing. Um, it's just for most people is like, all right, well, how can I start doing it? And the, and that's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to take away any of that resistance. You know, what is the thing that's stopping you from doing it? Let's take that away from you so that you can just focus on speaking to your audience,
1: man. I love that. I I love how, how, how clear you are with, with that and just like the life that you're living and you're like owning it. And so, um, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible two more questions. So we're going to, I want, what's like one kind of wealth takeaway that you've learned kind of the biggest aha when you started the business and then, and then we're going to go into uh, our legacy question. Yeah. The big wealth takeaway for me was that,
0: um, when I was in a career that I always was, you know, investing in, um, stocks and things like that. Cause I was like, all right, yep. well I need to, you know, have a, a an index tracker because it's, you know, it, there's no, you know, low cost and all that kind of stuff. And I was very, very focused on, you know, making my money work work for me, which is a good tactic, right? But mm-hmm. the the complete 180 that I've had now, and and actually a lot of this clarity came from speaking to you in, in the podcast interview that we did last week, was that yes. I'll exponentially make more money by investing in myself than if I just invest in, you know, good investments. You know what I mean? And um, 100%. and that is was such a huge revelation. And it took you saying it out loud for me to realize that's what I've been doing. But, you know, if I and the way I look at it is I could have plodded along making, you know, $100,000 a year, saving 30% of my income, investing that in something that gets me as high as a 10% return. But that's only ever going to be, you know, a certain amount. And maybe exactly. by, you know, 40 years time, it will grow. But instead, like, all right, dump all of that money into myself, my connections, the people I'm going to do. You know, we're going to accelerate to a million dollars within a couple of years. And then the, the, what we can do with our business is going to massively explode from
1: there. So yeah. I would rather worry about that later, you know? Well, and the impact, and you guys are clear in what you want. Like, literally, if you are listening to this and you're like, there's a part of you that's like, man, I am jealous. Like, I'm jealous right now. I want to travel and do my thing. And and like, I I think we could, I could ask you a bunch of questions about like the insecurities that you have, because I think, I think most people are just in their own way. Yeah. But- and to be honest, Caleb, like I, I'm, I'm super happy to share that because
0: a lot of people, and, and this is something that I've noticed a lot with people who publish is that everybody will look at me and they'll say, oh my God, you know, You are living this lifestyle. You've got super clear on your business, but that clarity only came like weeks ago. You know, I'm very lucky that I've just gotten to this clarity right now. But, you know, before that, you know, the last two years I've had seven failed businesses, you know, there's been way more downs than ups. Um, you know, I had this really successful, um, Pinterest agency. I say really successful, you know, we went from zero to $10,000 a month, um, really quick, you know, so then I went and I posted about it on Facebook. Like, yeah, we're making it, you know, I did what most entrepreneurs do and I did $10,000 times 12 and, you know, suddenly I've got a six figure year business and, you know, even though it was the first month that I got paid it. Yeah. You know, we've got this six figure business. And then two months later, it all went in the toilet. And I had such insecurity about telling people that I had failed because I didn't want to be seen as that drop in status. And, and that really affected me for a long time. So there was a whole lot of insecurity that I had around, you know, failure and and not, you know, not accepting that failure is a good thing. And, you know, the big thing for me now, and, and what I would really encourage anybody that's listening to this right now, is that to get clarity and and to get all of that stuff can take time but the thing that you can do immediately straight after you listen to this episode is you can be truthful and you can start telling people exactly where you're at and and this caleb and and hopefully i'm not running over too much with time dude no this is super value
1: this this is value man i
0: appreciate you sharing no, 100%. So when this happened to me, um, I was at Funnel Hacking Live and I, li- I listened to a guy called Nicholas Biley speaking on stage. And he's the creator of The Billion Dollar Body, amazing, amazing guy. But what he told everybody on stage was, you, know, you have to realize that your mess becomes your message. And what he meant by that was that all of the crap and the terrible stuff that happens in your life, that you're almost ashamed to talk about, that, really becomes your message and that's how people connect with you and it was only really Caleb when I started talking about hey you know I've come to funnel hacking live I had one client um the rest of them fired me this client is probably going to fire me as well I've got no money in a bank account um, but I really want to try and grow and meet these amazing people it was only when I started to tell people exactly where I was at and the challenges and the struggles that I faced that's when people started to become attracted to me man because Mm -hmm when, when you talk about your struggle and this is something that most people get wrong, when you talk about your vulnerabilities, that doesn't push people away or make people, you know, laugh at you. That brings people closer. And all the time on my podcast, I talk about, you know, the challenges and, and the struggles I'm facing, you know, next week there'll be a podcast that goes out where I'm talking about, you know, something that I hit that was a problem in my business and how I was feeling and how it made me, you know, struggle. But I talk about it for real, but then I will try and focus on, all right, what am I going to change about it? And it right. was only when I started to share that, you know, truth, transparency and realness that really makes me me, you know, that's me as a human being. That's when people really start to get attracted to me. So anybody that's listening to this right now, if you're thinking, wow, this sounds amazing, what can I do that gets me to that level? Just start with by telling your message and and, oh. and you know sharing exactly where you're at because sharing that clarity got people to open up to me. It introduced me to conversations, and my clarity for podcasting came from somebody that I had connected with in the ClickFunnels space after I shared that vulnerability. I'd hmm. spoken to a lady called Latasha Mitchell, and you know she's an amazing individual doing amazing things in the Dream One Hundred space with a Real Twenty Five strategy. And Latasha, you know, I spoke to her and was real honest with her about where i was and then a month later she's like jamie you need to do podcasting and she helped me with that clarity and wow. then after that i've just i'm and you can tell caleb like i'm super super focused on what my vision is now for where i want to go but it came from me being vulnerable with someone right. and then telling me what i couldn't see for myself you know um you know you can't see the outside label from inside the jar right it, You know, it took somebody else to tell me that is what you should do you know run with it and and you know, here we are.
1: Jamie, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have you on again. And we're going to look back because I want people to understand this. Like this was three months ago. You're taking action and you're executing. You have clarity, but it's not like you were born out of the womb with clarity. Like you are in the process of this. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for you not putting up a front and actually sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's important because, you know, there'll be people listening right now who feel like you know, if they
0: can see I'm only a couple steps ahead of them, that makes it totally achievable. And, um, and, you know, if you guys go listen to my podcast, like, you know, we're a bit behind on content. And when I say behind, we've just got so many episodes to put out. But like, it was only last week that I put out the episode where I had had that conversation with Latasha, and I immediately jumped on the microphone and was like, guys. I think I've just been handed a million dollar business on a platter. And I just give my real and honest thoughts about that moment. So anybody can literally go back through and listen to this kind of transformation as it happens because I'm documenting that process. And yeah, dude, I'd be super grateful to come back on the show again. I love riffing with you about this stuff, man. And it would be amazing to see like in a year's time or even maybe even less than that, like where
1: we're at. Yeah. That, that's, that's yeah something that I'm looking forward to. One of the things that actually Gary V said in one of his videos, uh, was it's selfish for you not to document. Like mm-hmm. if you don't document, like what, like think about the legacy that his kids and his grandchildren are going to be have. And it, that was one thing that I'm like, wow, like take money out of it. It's like these things that we're creating are going to be able to live on forever. And, yeah, that's, and it's, that's crazy. Right. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. I'll, the last thing the last thing I was just going to say
0: is, um, and one final thing that I see a lot of people in my community struggle with is that they think to start documenting, they have to be this amazing person. It's actually a good thing if you suck when you start. And um, <laughs> everybody Set kind of laughs low, when I tell right? them this, but it's, it's not so much like setting the bar low, but like when people see your transformation, it makes mm. it much more like possible for them. So, you know, imagine like I'm a really bad speaker and then I listen to, you know, your first episode, Caleb, and, and you're, you know, a terrible speaker like me. And then I listen to episode 100 and you're this amazing rock star speaker, you know, pretty yeah. much like you are now. Um, that's an amazing transformation, but it makes it real for me. It's like, oh my yeah. God. He's done that, so can I. So I would really encourage anybody, even if you feel like right now you're not in the position where you have that amazing, you know, podcast voice or you know whatever it is, just start documenting. You know, if you suck, it's a good thing.
1: I love that, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, the question that I end podcasts with are are kind of what I call the legacy question, and it's you know you have one day left to live and you can't take anything with you, and you have the people that you care about the most. It might even be like your community, and you are going to hop on and do a couple-minute podcast and just share with people, like, what, what would you... What would you share with the people that you love the most? What would kind of be your final words? For me, um, that's an amazing
0: question, by the way. I absolutely love that. And um, for me, it would be about what we've accomplished together. Because every, I look at every situation that I've ever been in my life and where I've got the most joy and the most fulfillment is where as a team, or as a group of people, we've gone from somewhere to achieving something. And it's not always monetary, sometimes it's about confidence. You know, One of my favorite people inside my com- community is, is a lady called Jackie, and you know, she wants to be a retiree, she doesn't have a business, but her transformation has been incredible. So for me, I would like share all of the stories of you know, where we started from, what we've been able to accomplish together, and just share a whole lot of gratitude, because it's the communities, for me, just make everything. You know that's what I live for,
1: dude. I'm super grateful that you're in my life. Thank you for you know sharing and and yeah, thank you for being so raw. I I want I just I wanted to say one other thing. I went through a podcast like clearing out because I had so many podcasts on my phone and, and yours is one of the one that I not only kept, but I'm going to be listening to um, because I just really, I'm excited to hear the journey. And uh, I had no clue. I mean, I, I literally had no clue because you seem like you've been doing this for years. And so thank you for that. How can people follow you? How can they be a part of what you're doing? And for those people that are like, wow, he just, he, he spoke to me, like, I'm going to start getting my life together and live the dream that I want to live. How do they reach out and thank you and be a part of what you're doing?
0: Wow. Thanks so much, Caleb. I really appreciate that. And and, you know, it's mutual. I'm happy that we're talking and I'm in your life too. So for the big thing for, if anybody wants to follow along, the best thing you can do is jump onto your podcast app on your phone, either iTunes or the iTunes podcast app, or or you can do it on Stitcher or Google play as well. Just go into your podcast app and search for entrepreneur junkie movement. You guys can also check it out at entrepreneurjunkie.co. And um, yeah, you can jump straight onto the website there and find me. Um, I'm also pretty active on Facebook. So if you guys want to search for Jamie Atkinson on facebook um i'll be on there as well but yeah definitely check out the podcast guys because i'd love to you know have you joining along and and seeing where we're going and i absolutely love to hear back from the people in the community that's like the biggest thing for me so yeah reach out guys and uh, i would love for you guys to check out the show
1: jamie thank you for all the value that you gave man appreciate you man and safe travels and have a great time you said south or north south korea yeah, not North Korea. That would yeah, be yeah, that would be, no wonder. It's like, you're, you're going to get the whole, well, I, I won't say it. I won't get myself in a hole right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, 100%. Uh, safe travels, man.
0: Uh, be blessed and we'll be in touch. Thanks so much, brother. And thanks for having me on your show. And for everybody listening, have an amazing day.
1: Hey, I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Jamie. One of the things that I would love to hear from you is I would love to hear your biggest takeaway. Like what was the biggest takeaway that you got from our conversation? Mine was was this. Jamie literally started so recently, and he and, and if you could tell in his mind, he literally is gonna be successful. And he is successful, but like he made up his mind and went for it. And I just think it's easy to hear someone's story and be like, oh, that, that works for them. Like it, you know, they're great. But like, it's hard to see ourselves taking that leap. And it might not be to travel. It might not be to start your own business. It might not be something like that. But I believe we all have certain faith leaps that we need to make. And and so what I encourage you and my biggest takeaway is Caleb, what kind of things am I not doing? What kind of things do I need to say yes to? And, uh, and then just go for it. So hope you have an amazing week. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to my podcast. It would mean so much. It would mean so much if you shared this or left a review and make sure to just go out and have an amazing week. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.